Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? How about you, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Auburn Live show. This is the recruiting edition, also known as the Shriveled Pod. I'm your host, Jeffrey Lee, Senior Recruiting Editor for Auburn Live on 3. And if you're not a member of that site, you should be. It's free for a week. Trick us out, man. Auburn Live on 3. Uh, we've got a lot of recruiting to talk about tonight. It's Friday night. We're recording on Friday night. Probably going to publish on Saturday. Keep that in mind when we talk. Cole Pinkston, our recruiting analyst, is in Mickey Mouse Town with the family. So he's got the night off. Uh which opened up a perfect opportunity for us to bring in a legend, a legend, folks, message board legend, Jay Head. Jay Head, how the hell are you, buddy? I'm doing well, Jay Lee. I'm doing real well, and I appreciate the intro there. I thought when you were starting with message board legend, you were going to say Charlie Five, but thankfully you oh. didn't me. <laughs> no, no, I know Charlie. Charlie's a great guy, but uh, no, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Glad to be on this platform. You guys do wonderful things. I'm just glad I get the opportunity to sit in with you tonight. Love, love to chew the cud, recruiting cud with you, buddy. And uh, tonight seemed like a perfect night to do it. People at home, if you're listening, no change. You're not, you're not uh, thinking about anything. You're not wondering about anything. People that are on watching our YouTube are wondering why Jay Head is not visible. And uh, I wanted Jay Head's a looker, man. He, he he's, he's, he's beautiful. And I told him that he, uh, I had to be the most handsome guy on the on the podcast, so I had to black him out tonight. Uh, you know, I, I've let Cole on uh, for obvious reasons, 
but uh, Jay Head's going to have to take a back seat tonight. So, hey, hey, look, man, you're doing me a favor here. We know I both look like Shrek, so that's good. That's good. <laughs> okay, Jay Head, Auburn is, they have 18 signees counting Trey Donaldson. We both agree that don't I, I don't see Trey Donaldson. I don't I don't think of Trey Donaldson as a football signing. No, not at all. I don't. Uh, I, I don't think Auburn does either. When you see some of the graphics they put out on social net, uh, networking, uh, Twitter, I guess Instagram. I don't, I don't really do the IG. Uh, but uh, 17 is, is kind of where we're sitting right now. A group ranked 14th nationally on, on three. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, I think me and you both anticipated this. We kind of talked throughout the year. We thought that they would close well. I don't think either of us when we were in October, thought they'd close as well as they did. Right. Um, specifically, your, you know, your head coach is from outside the region. Um, there were questions about could he relate uh, to prospects within this, uh, this footprint within the SEC? Would Auburn play the NIL game? You know, there were a lot of balls up in the air, and realistically, this staff capitalized on a perfect storm, um, landing several guys from LSU's backyard, being able to flip a kid from South Georgia, um, taking care of the junior college recruiting, which was extremely important to this staff because they wanted some immediate impact players. And they got three of the top impact players in the entire country in the junior college ranks. And now we're progressing towards the transfer portal to bring in even more impact players. Uh, so I've been thoroughly impressed with what the staff has been able to do to this point. And they're just at the beginning. I mean, I think we're looking at probably 10 more spots. With uh, I think max 30 they can probably take in this class would be my guess. So it's just beginning, guys. It's just beginning. And like you said, you're talking about a first-year coaching staff uh, with many of them with no ties at all to the SEC. You've got – you had COVID for the first six months they were on campus. They didn't get a kid on campus until June. Relationships were stalled. You ended up with a six-and-six six regular season. A lot of stuff happening, you know, behind the eight ball for this staff. But to be able to come out and what they the, – the way they closed that last week before the early signing period uh, began, it was – I was highly impressed and, you know, they were close to getting some other guys too, but you know, just the ones they did. And I think the three most important to me, you, you mentioned this, the junior college guys, Jeffrey, Emba, Keontae Scott, and uh, who's the safety? Uh, the safety out of Hutchinson. Um, Marquise Gilbert. Marquise Gilbert. There you go, Jeffrey. Yes. I mean, in some places, I don't know if it was 24-7 rivals or on three, but at, at one of those – maybe it was ESPN, too, throwing them in there. But Jeffrey Emba was the number one defensive lineman, Juco guy. Uh, Marquise Gilbert, number one DB, or safety. And then Keontae Scott, number one cornerback. These are uh, uh, huge additions for Auburn. Plug-and-play guys that you can put in the two deep right away. Um, we know we needed that. You needed more depth in the secondary, specifically since we've had some turnover there. Obviously, you're losing Roger to the draft. Uh, you've just had a couple defensive backs enter the transfer portal. I think it was important, and they knew that was on the horizon right. to be able to get some guys that could come in and play right away and not just play, but excel. And right. I think they project these guys to be immediate impact players or they wouldn't have recruited them as vigorously as they did. And, and then, you know, you look at the, the, deepest, the defensive back class is highly impressive. I mean, it's the most impressive group. So far, I thought Zach Etchers with the help of Trevon Reed, Derek Mason, those guys really came in strong. Jadarian Rim, 
Austin Osbury. I mean, fantastic players. Yes. Yeah. These are fantastic guys. players. These are program players, you know, three year starters down the road. I would agree with that. Um, if, if they stay that long, right? I mean, they have the, at least the potential. They have the potential to be multi-year starters in the SEC, specifically Jadarian Ram at corner. Extremely impressed by his length, uh, the ability to flip his hips, play bump and run. I don't think his top end speed is fantastic, but, I mean, I, I think he's within that four or five range. And realistically, if you look at what Derek Mason likes to do on defense, he likes larger corners that can play that bump and run style coverage. They can play press man or they can play off man. They can also flip to zone, and he has that versatility to be able to do all three. Um, when you look at the kid out of Baton Rouge, I think he projects better at safety. I know they're telling him corner right now, but I think to me, I saw Austin, Austin, yeah, is more yeah. of a traditional. Yeah, hey, Austin's more of a traditional free safety, in my opinion. I think he's going to give you that ability to roam over the top and, and keep, you know, Kevin Steele used to say this all the time, but be able to keep the top on the coverage. I think he'll be excellent at that. Um, and not allow those big plays to happen down the field. Uh, but those are two guys that are extremely, extremely talented. Uh, one of them's out of Baton Rouge, and we never land kids out of Baton Rouge. I mean, that's right. just a huge win to be able to – and granted, LSU's in transition. But that was a massive victory. And then you look at Jadarian Rim from South Georgia, which is a place we've got to recruit. I mean, that's one of those places year in, year out, Auburn's got to have a presence, along with places like Mobile, South Florida, um, Birmingham, so on and so forth. So – Getting a kid of that caliber from Valdosta, Georgia, um, it, it speaks volumes to Zach's ability to recruit. I think he really kind of distinguished himself as the guy on the staff, this recruiting Absolutely. class. Um, and that was big for him, not just from Auburn's standpoint, but from a professional growth standpoint, to be able to show that, you know what, I can go in there with the big boys and I can take them from them. So now he's going to have that reputation. When he, the next school he walks into with Auburn, that Auburn polo on, he's going to have that reputation as a guy. Right. And you think about it over time, the guys we've had, the Trooper Taylors, the Damian Craigs, you got to have one of those guys on your staff that you know you can put him in a fight against anybody and Zach's earning that reputation. Traverius Robinson, Will Muschamp, those guys. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Tommy Thigpen. Uh, Auburn's had some fantastic recruiters over the years, at least since I've been here since 04. And, uh, man, I tell you, Zach – the expectations I had for him and, you know, I, I covered him back in high school. I was, I was writing recruiting stories about him picking up an offer at, at an Auburn camp. And uh, then he was coming over. I think he was in Houston where he was one of the top, if not the top recruiter at Houston, but I was almost like a uh, wait and see on him. And he just came out of the gate. He didn't really come out of the gate. If you remember, man, he, he missed on a couple of guys early and I can't remember who it was. I think oh, it was I know. Dante, Dante Balfour. Um, Balfour. And, and then, of and course, the, I don't know how hard he was trying to keep uh, Stinson from Opelika. I, mean, I don't were, think he was. Yeah, there was a couple of decommitments as well. But when you come – when you close the way that he did, oh, man, it was impressive. It was very impressive. And you hear these guys talk about him, and, it's, and I've talked to a couple of parents as well. They really, really like him, felt comfortable. And, and Mason, too. I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to throw not, – not, not trying to uh, – not give him any credit to Derek Mason. If you've ever spoken to him or seen him speak, this guy, he, he's legit, man. He is genuine. He is a good dude. Good dude. Jeffrey, he's that kind of guy that can look you in the eye and you believe everything that he's telling you. And he has that ability to relate 
I talked about it on the board, I guess, a couple of days ago, and somebody was asking me what makes a great recruiter. And it's four things. It's relatability. Uh, it's organization. It's the motivation to recruit because there are a lot of guys that are fantastic coaches that just truly don't want to recruit. Hate it. Uh, you know what I mean? I, it just, it's part of it. I think Rodney Garner had started to go down that direction. If we're going to be completely honest. Yeah. Um, and it's the, the communication skills and Zach has all of those. Mason is the epitome of that, but you right. just don't realistically the way recruiting is structured. These assistants are the ones that are, primarily utilizes the recruiters the coordinators are more closers in addition to the head coach now brian harson has a very active role in recruiting uh certain players as does Derek mason they're just utilized differently as far as recruiting tactics are concerned um but they they they're all fantastic recruiters i've been very impressed by each of their ability to connect with kids and that's a big thing is finding what it is that that kid is interested in in your program whether it's playing time whether it's development whether it's, you know what I mean, it's the family aspect of it, whatever it is they're looking for, the academics, they're finding that connection, that draw to the university, and they're being able to sell those kids in closing. My favorite Derek Mason recruiting story was Donovan Kaufman. I think it's been told many times, but I still want to bring it up. When he was recruiting Donovan Kaufman to Vanderbilt, Donovan Kaufman's father was in prison at the time. Uh, I think he's since been released. I, I don't know what it was, but it's not really part of the story. But Derek Mason was the kind of guy that went to prison to visit his father and recruit his father and talk to his father and get to know his father uh, during the recruitment of Donovan Kaufman. I think that's why you see a strong bond there between Mason and, and, and DK. And I, I thought that tells me all I need to know about Derek Mason, that he was willing – um, not only willing, but wanted to go and meet his father in prison, sit down with him and, and have a talk about the future of his son. I, I thought that says a lot about Derek Mason. And uh, he earned a lot of respect for me before I ever met him, just from that story alone. I couldn't agree more. Just a fantastic individual. And of course, you know, Lane Kiffin tried to do the same thing. And I think he kind of got uh, laughed out of cell block D. Oh, but, <laughs> but no, Mace was able to close, you know, it not only took one trip, but, you know, multiple trips I think to see his father to make sure that he felt comfortable with DK being with him at Vanderbilt selling him on the education and what he was going to do for him from not only I mean you can obviously only imagine as a father yourself you can't be active in your son's life and you're asking someone to look after him and to make sure that you're providing him with the structure he needs to be successful and to limit you know something bad happening to him mm. that's the ultimate trust and to be able to go into a situation like that and close him, it just speaks volumes to who he is as an individual and a recruiter. Yeah. Uh, going back to the class and the close, I thought the guy that may not get talked about enough, but Jay Head, I love this guy on offense. I love Camden Brown. I love the big wide receiver from South Florida who Auburn picked up. I love him. Listen, Jay Lee. First of all, first and foremost, South Florida is a place that we have got to be able to recruit. It's a place we've got to get into. I can't think of a better prospect to start with than Camden Brown. If you watch their highlight tapes between Darius Clemens and Camden Brown, you don't see that much of a difference. And in fact, I thought I saw a little bit more explosion in Camden Brown's tape than I saw on Darius Clemens' tape. Both of them are start. I mean, they're going to be stud split in slash X type receivers. They're guys that can go get the ball if you need to. If you got to throw a fade, they're a guy that you can do that to. 
their vertical threats down the field. Um, but I like the attitude and the demeanor that he plays with. I think South Florida plays much more competitive brand of football than you're going to see out there on the West Coast, specifically in Oregon. Portland, if we were talking yeah. L.A., I might say differently. Right. So the, the level of competition he's been exposed to. And listen, this is the kind of kid that's got dog in him. He yeah. came to Auburn's camp and was the MVP over a lot of other highly rated players. Um, I know that the staff was extremely excited about him. They had kind of already promised that spot to Darius, which is why we backed off to a degree. Um, but when that didn't work out, we went to him, explained the situation. Our new wide receiver coach was able to sell him on the opportunity to come into a place like Auburn and the SEC and that he'd have the opportunity to be successful right away. And I'm with you. I mean, I think he is probably the most underrated player in this entire class. I think it was you and me too. And this was back when uh, we all thought Darius Clemens was maybe a 50-50. I mean, all, we thought Auburn had a, a shot with Darius Clemens. But behind the scenes, I was talking to you and him and him and him, and we were all going, man, I kind of like that Camden Brown kid. Yep. You know, even though Darius Clemens was the four-star top 100 wide receiver, you know, that everybody wanted, I'm going, damn, that dude's good. And when his senior highlights came out, I was like, you can't lose here. I'm, no. And I know it's easy to see say because, you know, Auburn didn't get Darius Clemens and, oh, I wanted Camden Brown more. But even before even before I thought Auburn was out of it for Darius Clemens, and I, I'm no evaluator, but I can watch somebody and go, I like him better than I like him. And and it was close. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not like, oh, hell, he's a lot better. But you couldn't have gone wrong with either one of them. And if given the first pick overall and I had to choose a wide receiver between those two, I'm going with Camden Brown. And and for a lot of the reasons that you said, would I want a kid from Portland or do I I want a kid from South, you know, South Florida who busted his ass at camp, who had busted his ass as a senior year, say senior year, and really, really wanted to be at Auburn. Darius Clemens had every opportunity to be at Auburn. Every opportunity, and for some reason, one or another, he found a reason to go somewhere else. Looks, yeah. And at, at the end of the day, you want the kids that want to be in your program, that want to play hard for your program, that believe in your vision. And he believed in it from the very beginning. Um, and I love kids with a chip on their shoulder, Jay Lee. Yeah, absolutely. Love kids with something to prove. And that kid's, he's got a fantastic story. He's a hard worker. I think he's a transplant originally from New Orleans, Louisiana to South Florida. But St. Thomas Aquinas High School is one of those that traditionally puts out top tier talent year in and year out. And if you want to start a pipeline in South Florida, St. Thomas Aquinas is a great place to start. (laughs) So plucking a kid like that with a high upside that you think can, you know, be an NFL player someday, that's a great selling point down the road. Looking ahead, Jay, here we've got the February signing period. Uh, the dead period in high school uh, ends January 13th. That's the last day. And then visits can resume. But for now, let's take a look at what's going on in the transfer portal. We've had some news. We've seen some moves that Auburn's making. We've got visitors coming in. We've had visits already come in. Uh, we've seen Auburn pick up commitments from Jason Jones, the defensive tackle from Oregon. We've seen Auburn pick up a quarterback in Zach Calzada. We know Mason Brooks, the offensive tackle from Western Kentucky, is coming in. Osiris Torrance, a guard from Louisiana, has come in and got some other names on the board. DJ James, the defensive – have I mentioned him? DJ James is coming in if he's not already here for this weekend. So, a lot going on in the transfer portal. I feel like we'll get get to the the February guys later. For me, it's all transfer portal right now. As it should be, because we know that we need to leverage the portal right now. 
for a combination of guys that have either, you know, one year left to play or multiple years left to play to kind of balance out the roster to a degree. And this is the best way to add impact talent by leveraging the portal for the absolute best players that you can to improve the floor of your roster. And I think that's what this staff has done very well. Two, probably three other names that we may need to go into. Hunter Norzad, who's an interior lineman from Cornell. I think he's got two years left. Uh, Antoine Wells, wide receiver from James Madison, who just received an offer. He's big time. And then Trey Palmer, a wide receiver from LSU, who's in the transfer portal. He just committed to Nebraska, if I'm not – Did he really? I think he committed to Nebraska this afternoon. I know that the quarterback, Casey Thompson from Texas, did. I wasn't exactly sure if uh, if Trey Palmer did as well. Who did I send that to? Oh, here we go. Nebraska is the likely destination. Okay, I don't know. I don't think he committed. I think somebody put up that it's he's it's the likely landing spot for uh, Trey Palmer. Okay, uh, but so he's not off the board completely yet. The Wells kid from James Madison. Damn, he looks good. Here's what I've got, Jay Head. You let's go over some tar- some targets like you were mentioning at quarterback. Sure. We've got Zap Calzada. Um, everybody is completely aware of Caleb Williams from Oklahoma in the transfer portal. The rumors that we've all heard, you know, it's been a roller coaster of emotions with this guy. You know, does Auburn have a legit shot? Is Auburn feeling good that they are? Does Auburn feel they have a good shot? Is he in camp? Is he on campus this weekend? Uh, what I can tell you is I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, as a matter of fact, I ran into Jason Caldwell about uh, Friday afternoon in Walmart. And, uh, you know, we, we, we were comparing us. We don't know. If he's in, if he's in Auburn, not a lot of people are aware of it. Um, it'd be great if he was, I guess, but uh, nothing that I can confirm. We do know that I, I that you know from talking to sources, Auburn is definitely working on Caleb Williams. They want a second quarterback, um, uh, even though they've got Calzada, and kind of tells you kind of what the future holds for some other guys on the roster when they want true transfers and they're bringing in a high school guy. I would agree. I mean, I think we all know that at this point, Coach Harson is trying to improve the talent on this roster immediately and talent that not only improves the floor, but also fits to the skill set of what he wants out of a quarterback and or other positions on the team. Um, I don't think anybody's a bad player per se in that quarterback room, but maybe their skill set just doesn't necessarily match or mix with what it is that Coach Harson's trying to do on offense. Um, and, I, and I agree, and I've been saying it for a while, me and you've been talking, they want two quarterbacks if it's the right two. Right. They're not just going to take Joe Schmo, you know what I mean, from, you know, Moorhead State or whatever else. They're not looking at that. They're they don't need a Grant Lloyd. They don't need another Grant Lloyd. I mean, no, no, no disrespect to Grant, but he's just in a warm body, right? Exactly. He was a warm body because you just didn't have anybody else other than a true freshman to be able to plug and play with. So you had to have somebody. They're looking for a quality arm that comes in that meets the skill set of what it is that Coach Harson's looking for. Um, similar to, to Calzada, uh, they're looking for somebody with high potential. And I know that there are a lot of people that um, were not necessarily excited about Calzada. Um, and there were a lot of people that are. And I'm one of those that is in that camp is extremely excited about his upside, the arm talent, the fact that he played injured down the stretch, which affected his completion percentage. Uh, and then when you looked at his adjusted completion percentage, I think it was up towards 70%, mm-hmm. which accounts for all the drops and throwaways and everything else. Right. So when you kind of take off 
that initial sting of, okay, he's a guy that, you know, it, people want to say he got cut from AM, which is not true either. But uh, maybe he didn't have the most success in the world. I don't think that's necessarily indicative of what he can do at all. I think he's an extremely high ceiling guy that meets all the criteria of what Coach Harson's looking for. Austin Davis signed off on it, was excited about this kid um, and the potential that he's got. And, and they think they've got a real star here, regardless of what Caleb Williams does. Right. Now, into Caleb Williams, look, me and you both know he's a program changer. If you land him, it changes the trajectory of Auburn from what's potentially probably an eight-win team next year to you're talking an, a 10 or 11 team, a win team next year. He's that good. He's, We're he, doing everything that we can. You go ahead. He's worth two wins. He's easily worth two wins. And we're doing everything we can to land him, but there are a lot of other big dogs in on him too. You know, so nothing's done here. We have an in. Austin Davis is doing a, he's doing a fantastic job. Coach Harson's doing a fantastic job in their communication with him. Um, we're providing him with all the information that he needs to be comfortable to him and his family here in Auburn about the direction of the program, the ability to be developed as a pro quarterback and not just a dual threat guy that's going to be in a running offense. He's going to get the opportunity to execute pro-style scheme, which is big for him in his overall development. And I think his father's on record is saying that's the most important thing. Right. Sure is. I think he told Pete Kimmel that. Exactly. That, you know, this, this, really, here's the realistic point for Caleb Williams. They ain't worried about the school he's going to. It's all about who can develop him to go to the NFL. End point. And I think we're providing some excellent selling points on that. And, and there are other teams involved that are doing the same thing. So, I hope everybody's expectations are not that he's in the bag, but that we are comfortable with where we're at, that we're working extremely hard, and that hopefully things fall in our direction. Yeah, I, that, that's perfectly said. And, Jay, I, I sent you the text I received. I don't know if it was last night or the day before, but it, it was kind of basically we're in a good spot, but, man, it's, it's the Wild West out here with this guy. I mean, you know, everybody's coming after him. It, it, it's it's – it's not going to be easy, and nobody's going to feel comfortable where they are with him until he sets, sets foot in the classroom, whether it's January the 12th or January the 19th. And, of course, that's, that's great because we'll know something in the next 12 days. But um, it's, you know, this NIL, this, uh, all this stuff and you know, what, what they're offering and all, you know, it's, it's tough to do. But I think when it comes down to it, you look back at what his dad said, you look at what Auburn – with the development in the NFL – you look at Auburn bringing in uh, Austin Davis, who's got the NFL. You know, he's got Russell Wilson on his resume. He's got Russell R Wilson as a reference. Uh, it looks pretty good. Um, and I think – I know that, you know, we talked about wide receivers. We talked about offensive line. And that was – me and Jason Caldwell were bouncing. You know, it, it's going to be difficult to get a guy like that to come in when you don't have the talent surrounding you. But man, he could sure. he could change the tra trajectory of the of the, at the end of this class, big time. Who was the guy? Who was the Oklahoma? Oh, who was the Oklahoma wide receiver that hit the portal the other day? Mario Williams. Mario Williams from he's, Plant High School, I believe, in Tampa. Tampa. Who's, I mean, he's big time. I don't he's, a, he's, he's a game changer too, dude. Yeah, he is an absolute game breaker. And what did I he mean, say? He, he said he's going wherever Caleb Williams goes. That's his quarterback. So, and listen, peer recruiting in the portal is insane. 
I mean, that's that's what happens more than anything. These kids, coaches can't talk to kids that aren't in the corner. These kids talk amongst themselves and they say, hey, look, man, I'm going to X, Y, Z. You need to come with me. We can get to the next level. We can win a natty. That's the conversation that's being had. And a guy like Caleb Williams is a magnet for other players that are not either in the portal or not in the portal that are contemplating a transfer. That would be huge. I mean, we're talking are, – are we talking Cam Newton, Nick Marshall, Caleb Williams? Yeah. At, at least you, in you perception? Really yeah, I, right. I think so. I think so. And I watched him play this past year at Oklahoma, and obviously the Big 12 is not the SEC. I don't think anybody should compare it to that. But his skill set and what he can do with the football, his ability to scramble, uh, pocket mobility, and it, just the overall package, arm strength, arm talent, uh, placement of the ball. I mean, he, he's got the whole package, and he's still are, developing. Are, are you – do you think he would fit into that Harson, off, Harson offense? So here's the thing with that. I think – when you have a guy that's as talented as Caleb Williams, you build the offense around what he does. Now, I'm not saying you're going to change the core offense per se, but you tweak it. You make sure that you take advantage of the skill set that he has and let him kind of grow in certain areas um, where he may not have been necessarily utilizing all pro concepts in the passing game there in Oklahoma. Um, you kind of scale some things back. You do some one-side reads. You, also, you, you utilize the zone read a little bit more, and you kind of grow into it. Austin Davis is perfect to sell this because of the comparison to Russell Wilson. You know, you can utilize him the way they utilize Russell in Seattle. Mm. So that's a wonderful pitch coming from him um, and how you're going to develop him and where we may not start necessarily with all of those concepts, but this is the direction that will grow. And this is what you'll be by the time we're done. Mm. That's going to be fun. I I, I say fun. It's going to be fun fun for everybody but <laughs> for me uh you know i i i told you this the other night it's just gonna be round and up and down and round and round with this recruitment i've seen this time many times before um but it's fun to know that auburn has is is in it for the kid of this caliber that they have a lot of things working in their favor there's some confidence on the staff at least behind the scenes um it's going to be fun, and, and, I, and I hope for the Auburn fans. I, I, I've seen the you know the corner message board and and how fired up people get for something like this. Auburn needs this, you know. Auburn needs Auburn needs this excitement, all season excitement. They need something to look forward to. They need to be excited about the next season. And as no disrespect to Calzada, I feel I feel the same way as you do about him, Jay Head. But he didn't do that. Not at least not on. Not, not that I've seen. He hasn't brought that up, you know. Not universally speaking, no. I think he has right. with certain people, but not with everybody. Not the way Caleb Williams is going to make a resounding. Just everybody's going to forget that we went six and six, you and Caleb Williams. Ab 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 yes. That goes out the door, and now you're looking at the trajectory of a team that's got a blue-chip, all-star quarterback that can – you know, that has the capability of transcending this team into a championship-caliber ball club. Yeah, I mean, is Auburn a contender at least in the, for the division the moment he steps on campus? Potentially, yes. He's yeah, that I, good. I think so too. He's that good. I think he puts you in contention. If not, I mean, obviously Alabama's going to be loaded. 
Sure. And Texas A&M's got a fantastic recruiting class coming in, but you look at everybody else, they're all in transition. So realistically, you he elevates you into the top tier, and then to me, you get A&M at home, you got Bama on the road. If you get a split there, you're one of the top two teams in the SEC West, which is the toughest division in all of college football. That's not a bad place to be. No. And he gets you there. He gets exciting. you there. So it, it, it would be huge. It's exciting. I hope that if he doesn't come to Auburn, that everybody will realize that just because he doesn't come doesn't mean that it's complete and utter dysfunction. Um, I think it just means that, unfortunately, we lost a battle, a battle for a really great player. But you have to give credit to the staff for even being in the conversation coming off a six and six season. Absolutely. I mean, what what other six and six team is he considering? No, he's considering playoff teams, right? Right. So to even be in that conversation means that our staff is doing the right things. Moving on, on as far as target goes, Jay Head, you, you you throw in some, and I'll tell you what I've got. The quarterback, we've got Caleb Williams. I mentioned um, Robbie Ashford, the former Hoover quarterback, backup at Oregon. Eh, whatever. I, I, I'm I'm not sold that. You know, I think he's that warm body, that Grant Loy. That you know, maybe if they feel good about Calzada and Holden or or whatever else, maybe they take him. Uh, but I think I think you know everybody's waiting to see what Williams does, and if he'll fill that last spot. Um, as far as other positions, we've got Mason Brooks at offensive tackle. I really haven't heard any. I mean, offensive tackles are hard to come by, especially in the portal. So. I really haven't heard any other names besides Mason Brooks, the Western Kentucky offensive tackle, who will be at Auburn on Sunday for an official visit. I know he's going to visit some other schools before making the decision, but I feel like there's some quiet confidence at Auburn about him. Uh, anybody else, Jay Head, offensive tackle? Not at offensive tackle. You obviously have two interior prospects, uh, one of which is Osiris Torrance, who just visited. Um, the other was Hunter Norzad, who will visit at some point. But to the best of my understanding, we were only looking for one tackle and one interior offensive right. lineman from the transfer portal. Right. And with that quiet confidence that you have on the kid from Western Kentucky, who, by the way, I believe was a first-team all-conference player. So it's not like he's some slouch coming in here. Right. Um, you know, Th- that tells you something, right? Do what? Th- that tells me something, uh, that no other names have popped up at offensive tackle and Hunter, uh, Mason Brooks is coming in. That tells me that Auburn feels pretty good about him, right? I would agree. And, and otherwise, it, you probably would have heard about somebody else at this point. Now, this staff is selective, no question about absolutely. that. Absolutely. They're not going to reach on a player because they know that the portal, as of right now, is still going to continue to change and more people are going to enter their names to the portal. Once spring training ends, even more names are going to go into the portal. You'll have some guys that shake loose in the summer. So they understand that this is a long game, not the short game. But for a kid that they can get on campus right now, he's fantastic. An all-conference player of that division, you plug him in right at right tackle, and you got Killian Zaire coming back at left tackle. It makes a lot of sense to be able to bring this kid in to compete with Brandon Coffey. Talked about the two interior guys, and then you look on, uh, of course, a wide receiver. You mentioned Wells from James Madison. We talked about Trey Palmer. I feel like there could be an A&M receiver that's maybe not in the portal that could be a potential come with – Calzada. I think if Caleb Williams comes on board, there's no telling what happens at wide receiver. Um, so that's kind of what a TBA, you, you, you throw Wells' name in the book. I think Auburn went ahead and offered him, but hell, everybody else did too. Um, yeah, that, that was going to be a tough one to get. I think there's some confidence there. Um, for last I checked in, there mm, was some confidence on cool. Wells that they could get him to visit. Okay. Um, and then you kind of see what happens from there. But 
uh, like you said, I mean, I think North Carolina, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Clemson, like a hand, I mean, a bunch of schools all across that East Coast there jumped into the mix right away uh, and offered this kid Louisville. So, you know, a, a yeah. lot of schools are in on him. We'll see what happens, but extremely impressed. Um, I think he could play the Z or the X. Uh, very versatile receiver, called for over a thousand yards his redshirt freshman year, I think is what this was this past year. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, I think he has three to three to play. Three to play has the, I mean, his great hands has the ability to separate very smooth in and out of his breaks. So if you can land this kid, I know he's coming from a lower division, coming from FCS, but he can play. Uh, there's no question about that, and, and the offers speak to that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and I think somebody on the corner said it the other day. Forget the rankings. Let me see who's after this kid. And, and I think it was actually Calzada, but I'm, I was thinking more of, uh, of course, everybody's got quarterbacks at this point in time. And if, if not, you're, you're, uh, it's a select few schools who's coming after quarterbacks, unless you're right. Uh, uh, Caleb Williams. Um, so, anyways, defense, we've got Jason Jones, defensive tackle, committed to Auburn. Auburn released him as a signee, uh, a signee. So the difference with transfers is you can talk about transfers if they sign a grant and aid, but it does not necessarily, it's not like an NIL where it's binding to the university. It just means that you're able to speak selectively with that university and it is your plan to enroll. So I believe he signed a grant and aid with Auburn. Um, I feel pretty comfortable that Zach Calzada will do the same thing here relatively soon uh, and be ready to enroll. And I'm not sure. I think we could get good news on DJ James this weekend as well and kind of close the door there on a very talented prospect from that Mobile Spanish Fort area. Another defensive back. Going back to Jason Jones, Jay, did you see the Clemson report, you know, of Nick Eason, who's now at Clemson, who is recruiting? Um, and our Clemson guy called me and he goes, dude, Jason Jones' father said that he uh, that Nick Eason's continuing to recruit him to Clemson. He's also hearing from Florida State. And I was like, well, Auburn released him as a signee. Uh, but now listening to you saying, listen, that's just the, the, the grant and aid, right? Yeah, that's just the grant and aid. It's the same reason why Oklahoma was able to flip the quarterback that was committed to UCLA. Uh, he signed Gabriel. a grant and aid with them. Ah. So, okay. So that's not, in, that's not an NLI. It, correct. It, it's a completely different situation. Transfers don't go through that process. Um, so, so Brian Harson, so Auburn can release him as signed. Brian Harson can talk about him at the bowl pre- pre- press conference. Things that you can't do for high school guys until they signed. Uh, to the best of my understanding, yes. And, and even the grant and aid is not. And I remember this: it's, it's for the benefit of the the kid, right? He's he's reserving his spot at Auburn. He can sign five different grant and aids. That's correct. And then then choose which one he wants to go to. Good news That's for Auburn true. fans is that Jason Jones is in Auburn this weekend for an official visit. He's here with his former teammate and really close buddy, DJ James. We expect both of those guys to end up at Auburn, although we learned today that their school is still chasing Jason Jones, including Nick Eason at Clemson. Still, I, I would be shocked if he uh, if either of those two, got, two guys ended up anywhere but Auburn. Uh, and then, you know, linebacker, we've seen Eugene Asante. And then Cole had a couple of new names in uh, Central Michigan, Troy Brown and Pitts, Cam Bright. Um, looks like Auburn wants to add a linebacker as well. Yes, and I think we need to. Obviously, getting Owen back was huge um, for that room. 
But I think, and neither of these guys necessarily fit that role, but we need a Mike linebacker that can come in and allow Owen to play the wheel or the Sam contingent on the down and distance of the formation that we're in um, and not it, it put him in a situation where he's able to play in space more and not necessarily having to take on guards and centers. We need that guy that can run downhill and thump. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? We, yes. we are sorely missing that uh, right now, and I think that's what they're looking for. I believe they're going to be patient there. You're talking like a jo- uh, Josh Bynes? Um, yes, that's, you know, that's your exactly big Mike. We yeah, we need a big Mike that can play downhill and stuff the run and let him do jo- what he does best. Where did Josh Bynes come from? Ooh, he South was, Florida, right? Yeah, he was. And I don't think it was St. Thomas Aquinas, but it was somewhere down there. Yeah, it, I mean, listen, I'll have that's to the that place up. that, you know, that's the place that Tubbs used to live. Um, oh yeah, Eddie Graham was fabulous down in South Florida. God, he was, wasn't he? I yes. Mean, I- <laughs> Josh Bonds, and I will tell you what. Okay, we'll, we'll, maybe we'll we'll get back up, Jay Head, um, and, and start looking at some of these uh, high school guys later on. But I do want to throw out there that Auburn offered 2022 high school edge from Bowles in Jacksonville, Florida. They uh, offered Jack Pyburn. Um, That's correct. Today, um, is that am I saying that right, Pyburn? That is my understanding of how you say his name. Um, really good-looking prospect. Uh, I think he grew two inches and 20 pounds in his senior year, had 14 sacks and upward of 65-plus tackles. Really, really big senior year. Uh, some of the big boys have come in on him now. Obviously, Auburn's offered. Miami just recently offered. Uh, Florida, State's, uh, Florida State and Florida are getting ready to offer. He was previously committed to Minnesota. Right. Uh, He's an edge guy right now that has some nice athleticism to him. Um, and I think is a really good developmental prospect for that position. You've got two guys right now in Leota and Derek Hall and a third in Romello Height that are all ready to yeah. play right now. You don't necessarily need a guy to come in, but you need somebody to pair with Dylan Brooks for the future to kind of start yes. to move forward. Hey, I talked I talked to Pyburn, I, I talked to Pyburn tonight, and I'm gonna have this update on him tomorrow. Dude, he's coming to Auburn. Whoa! I'll be shocked if he does. If I was doing a hot board, I'd have him at at least eighty. He was so excited, so excited, genuinely excited to get an offer from Auburn. Burt Watts had come down and visited him during the contact period in December, and he was shocked. And I mean, this kid was on top of the world when I was talking to him. And um, I I don't know if that the motion will come out in the quotes, but. Man, if uh, he's absolutely coming to visit Auburn as soon as he can, he's going to set up the date. Uh, but he was so excited to get that offer from Auburn. And I, I would be shocked if he's not part of this class come February. And that's big because you did need a developmental edge in mm-hmm. this class. And we kind of missed on some other guys. But it's great to see us going back to that February signing period and be able to kind of thumb through and see, okay, who's that sleeper? Who's that guy that's got an edge to him? That, uh, that we think we can develop at this position and has a lot of potential. And we found that guy. And I'm going to be honest with you, I comp him to a current guy and a former Auburn player. When I watch his tape, um, he looks kind of like Echo Leota right now, uh, the way he plays. I see that same motor. Um, and also a, a favorite of mine who I played against in high school in Brett Edens. Oh, love got, Brett Edens. It, listen, and of course, at Trinity High School, Brett played all over the place. I mean, he yeah. was a Mike linebacker. He played edge. He played all over the field uh, and absolutely wrecked uh, me my senior year. But that's uh, that, that's neither here nor there. 
but uh, you know, we, Brett was fantastic for Auburn. Obviously, he played more strong side in than he did edge because that's how his body, yeah, it more or less developed. This kid has that same kind of frame, so you could see him fluctuating between the five tech and between the edge, uh, depending on how he develops once he gets to Auburn. But he, a lot of good athleticism, a lot of upside for this kid. Love it, Jay Head. Hey, we we have overstayed our welcome, man, on this Friday night. I really appreciate Jay Head coming on. Let me get a couple of how about you's out tonight. I got a big how about you out to God. God can it. I got a big how about you out to Mama Do That, newer uh, old school dude who's came up, come over to the site. Big how about you to Mookie 34, who's uh, heartbroken that he hadn't had one before. Rackham Willie. Rackham Willie? What about you, Rackham Whalen? And, uh, and, and at Smoke One. And then the final one is at Honky Hipster, who put in, uh, who gave me a song, my theme song, State of the Stay Out of the Left Lane, Jay Head. Woo! Listen, uh, you got to give him a shout out. How about you just for Honky Hipster? That's, like, Honky. that's my, my new favorite handle on the, on the corner. I, I had to, man. <laughs> Honky Hipster. I'm going to have to think about that. I feel like there's a deeper meaning there. By the way, Josh Bynes, Boyd Anderson. Ah. And I, I don't okay. think I would have gotten that. No. I don't think I would have gotten that. But Eddie Graham was all over that, all over South Florida. Eddie Graham, who is now at – is he still at Kentucky? He's back at Kentucky. You know, he was the OC, got fired. They brought in a kid from the NFL this past year, and I think he's back as an analyst now. Uh, but Eddie's fantastic. Hey, you know, I can talk about him for days. So, Jay Head, I, I agree. I, I love him. And um, – his ex-wife, Rosemary, all just really good people, uh, both of them. And I see Rosemary around town. Um, still, she's an awesome lady. They, they've uh, – one of my favorite families since I've been covering. Jay Head, let's do this again maybe after January the 19th, maybe in 12 days. I'd love to, I'd love to jump on with you. Let, maybe, may, maybe even next week. Let, let's, let's get you back on here. Um, I love being able to bounce things off of you. We've got some history. We keep in touch all the time. We bounce info and intel off each other. And um, it's really nice, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on on Friday night when you're, uh, you're, you're, you're single parenting. I've got the weekend off. I don't want <laughs> to rub it in, but uh, I've got a whole house to myself. I hear you on that, Big Daddy. But you enjoy that weekend now all to yourself. I will. I will. Got some uh, some work to do. But hey, y'all, everybody, stay tuned to Auburn Live on three. We're going to be continuing to, to cover all this transfer portal action, visits coming in, new offers going out to high school guys. If you haven't, give us a look at Auburn Live on three. Uh, first week is free. After that, it's uh, about eight dollars a month. Man, you can look in the couch and find find enough money. Ask ask your wife if you can borrow eight bucks. It'll be worth it. Uh, anyways, for Jay Head, my name is Jeffrey Lee. We'll be signing off. As always, stay out of the left lane. How about you? Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets.
Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.